Arts of Spirituality podcast. This is your host, Myra. This podcast takes us on a journey to finding new ways of spirituality that can help us ascend to our higher self and be one with the universe. Hi, friends. Today we have Stacy Scott. She is inner child healer and a feng shui practitioner. How are you, Stacy? I'm good. Thank you for having me. One thing that I loved about your page was that you talk about like sanctuary, right? Like your house is your sanctuary. So everything that you do inside your home, it has to be like your safe space. So therefore, like it only makes sense why you incorporate the inner child healing into feng shui. Because to me, it's like, this is my safe zone. This is where I go home and if I want to cry, I'm going to cry. If if I want to feel safe, I'm going to feel safe. If your home doesn't feel right, you're lost. Like, where do you go? You know? Um, so I love that you incorporated the word sanctuary into your handle and into a lot of the the things that you you put out there feng shui is like a form of spirituality to me you know when i found feng shui it was like okay we're finding our how to be comfortable at home but it's also like incorporating different kind of energies right like how can you maneuver through the energies of your home like the north side of the house the south side of the house where your entrance is at what could you put and how can you like have the energy kind of flow to me, it is spiritual. To me, feng shui is spiritual. What is the moment that you knew that you were spiritual? So that's such a good question. It was actually using feng shui, to be totally honest. I was, before starting my business, I was an occupational therapist. And I got incredibly burnt out because being a healthcare practitioner in our society is not a very supportive position you were required to give 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 and i was incredibly burnt out which is really just a nice way of saying incredibly nervous system dysregulated um, on top of that i'm also a survivor of childhood abuse and it was actually i decided to quit my job i had the 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 safety and the security enough to do that and i'm very thankful for that but within a few weeks of quitting i heard very clearly in my mind what about feng shui? And at this point, I had never heard of it before. I did not know what it was. And it became just such like a, a moment where like God, the universe, source, spirit, like smacks you upside the head and is like, girlfriend, okay, you created some space. Let's fill it now. So that's really how I began to integrate inner child healing with feng shui for trauma survivors. Because I found so many of us grew up in homes where we were not safe we were not loved we did not receive emotionally what we required and what we deserved and i started to really see not only with myself but with my clients just how much those subconscious beliefs about ourselves were really coming out in space from the colors that you chose to how you set up your home to the floor plans like the the actual home that you choose to live in whether you're in an apartment or a single family home whether you're a renter or you're an owner actually what you chose to live in played a role in how you saw yourself and so i saw so much room for healing to open people up to deeper conversations about how they really should be living in their homes that is designed to heal them rather than home designed for the gaze of others because that's how we're taught in this country to design our homes it's all about trends it's all about keeping up with the joneses it's all about kind of ascending having more lifestyle-esque stuff and that's very very shame-filled 
to a lot of people, whether you have trauma or not. So that's kind of how I arrived at all of this and why it's, it is so deeply spiritual to me. No, definitely. I could agree, especially when you are growing up living for others, right? You kind of see it in your environment like, okay, you're buying all of this to show for somebody else who's coming in kind of thing. And that kind of brings me back to a little bit of what I went through at first. And then I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel like safe or happy in my own home. And I'm like, well, why? Well, it's because I want this. I want that. And, you know, um, and I don't want it that way. Because what if, what if people say something like she's crazy for painting her kitchen yellow, you know? So <laughs> I could definitely see that. For the listeners that do not know what feng shui is, can you break that down a little bit just so everyone can be on the same page? Gladly. So I'm going to give you two definitions. I'm going to give you more of the traditional feng shui one, and then I'm going to give you the definition of what it means to me. So from a more traditional sense, feng shui actually came about about 5,000 years ago in not only China, but China, Tibet, Mongolia, and parts of India. And really, it is an art of living in alignment with the energies of the land. Of course, we talk so much about home because... Well, it makes sense to be able to manipulate the energy of home, but really this came about with manipulating and designing homes and villages according to what the land really said. I would say one of the original ways or the original shamanic practices, the original kind of witch pagan practice, because it was coming out at the same time as a lot of the pagan practices that you needed to pay attention to what the land was telling you in order to live an abundant and a full and a safe life. Now, of course, fast forward 5,000 years, it means something slightly different now. But to me, feng shui is really how we heal through our homes by having these deeper conversations with ourselves about what story our home is sharing we don't even, like this is how our subconscious comes out in our homes and each one of our homes based on the home we've chosen, the colors, how we've designed it, our furniture, our decor, it's telling our story. And for so many of us, it's telling a story that is really kind of old. It's telling a story of who we used to be. It's full of pain and anger where I love to help people really tell a story of who they are currently and who they're becoming. So they're always kind of turned to the sun, turn to their North Star, and they can continue to thrive and no longer be affected by what happened in their past. How does Feng Shui help us heal? Oh my gosh, so many ways. So first, it's it's deeply understanding what self-limiting beliefs you have. So for example, I, oh my gosh, there's so many. Well, here's a very simple one. So often when I find that people push furniture up against walls, beds, desks, um, tables, they're looking for added support. And so when I bring this up, especially to women, and because women are so afraid to take up space to be visible, and when I point that out to them, and I'm like, well, you have a lot of your furniture up against your walls, it's clear you're looking for support. Do you feel comfortable being visible? And they're like, I literally see the, the blown mind emoji go across their face. Like they didn't even recognize that their discomfort with taking up space in the world, with being visible, with being comfortable with their voice, with taking up space physically even, was coming out in their home in this very visceral, tangible, physical way. So 
that's one of the ways it's getting to really the root and understanding how some of our subconscious beliefs are coming out in the home. And then we can start to shift them very physically and tangibly. I actually uh, personally can relate to that. Like I'm thinking about my home and everything that I pushed against the wall. And I guess you never notice, right? Like you do things subconsciously, but you never notice why you do certain things. Um, I always thought that it was just like, oh, I just want the energy to flow so everything get to the wall kind of thing. But I could definitely resonate with the fact that needing extra support, like if you do that and, and, I, and I'm like thinking about like my bedroom, I'm thinking about like my living room, everywhere. Like I, I see where I just push everything to sight. I mean, our behaviors, everything that we do on our daily lives, it's all subconsciously done or it's coming from somewhere right? Um, so I could definitely relate to that. One of the things that I loved the most about your page was the colors. We're all over the place with colors. And my house is like majority purple. Like everything's majority purple. I live in a house number nine. So it, it's kind of it's comfort um, color kind of thing. But I find myself with purple everywhere. And and yeah, I could see why when you were explaining it, like the self-worth in purple kind of thing. And then the colors that we cannot or we don't really put out there like I don't have a lot of reds in my in my um, space but then I look back into your explanations and the things that, that you're saying about like okay you don't like a lot of reds in your in your home while you're struggling with something you know um, and I find that fascinating because what other practices do you actually like incorporate psychology into your spirituality like even though it goes hand in hand but this one is like very visible like you go into somebody's house and you could definitely see where their mindset's at. Exactly. Yeah. And at every given time, right? Um, and it's almost like spiritually too, when you walk into a, a person's home, like you could sense the energy, but also it's like almost like incorporating um, the feng shui rules right into our subconscious too. Like this this environment feels like this person needs a lot more support or feels like they need a lot more self-worth or they need this or they need that. And this is the energies that we're feeling because I feel like we also feel the feng shui energies. You know, like when, when someone walks in and, and they feel like, oh, I love, I love your space. I love this. I love that. Well, you're feeling it because I designed it this way. Like this is the way that um, the energy is flowing kind of thing. Um, so I think feng shui is a very helpful tool i think um feng shui helps in many ways like even i've seen it where feng shui even helps with like businesses like how do you bring in more people how do you bring in more energy how do you bring this or what kind of energies you want to you want to bring in right and then just incorporate a certain element so i think feng shui is like very it's essential to like our spirituality and it's essential to the things that we do on our daily day i see feng shui for like your desk area, you know, how you how you put stuff at work. Um, and I remember when I used to work in corporate America, I'm like, I want a raise. How can I have a raise? And I started looking up like feng shui for like the office and how to like um, make it so your boss gives you more money in a way, I guess you could say. Um, and it so happened that he was like, his office was like in a certain angle of mine. And I was like, okay, I'm going to put it directly coming from this, his way, this way. And yeah, I got a promotion because of it. And it was something so simple, just incorporating that energy flow. I feel like 
looking at the home as a tool for manifestation is kind of like the last frontier in a lot of ways. We talk so much about minds and the body and all of that is so important. Obviously, I've incorporated it into the foundation of my practice. But truly at its heart, your home is a tool for transformation and manifestation. And so that's what I do by opening you up deeper to your subconscious mind and removing any resistance that you feel in your body. We're able to make those tweaks even faster in your home so that then both the home, the mind and the body is a trifecta and they're all working together. And then that beautiful juju comes in. My clients end up with promotions, huge businesses, like I'm talking millions of dollars. They get pregnant, they find their life partner, they get new jobs, like literally whatever you could desire and dream of is possible by integrating feng shui into your spiritual toolkit. I could definitely testify to that. Feng shui has changed a lot. Um, what is one item that you will recommend or you were encouraged for someone to have like um i'll give you an example like for me i've learned that waterfalls or like little anything that that's like running water is kind of essential in in my life like i feel like it brings a lot of luck to me um and i've incorporated it in my office i've incorporated it in my home um, running water is like a really must-have tool for me what is one thing that you recommend or encourage someone to have for healing? The way I love to talk to my clients in terms of feng shui is that I don't ever want to equate feng shui with things. Home is so important. And obviously we, our home has possessions in it. But I want people to understand that they are their most important piece of their home. There's this beautiful practice in feng shui that says, you are the yang in the yin. And what that means is that you are the action and the vitality in your home. Your home doesn't live without you. You are its spark. So we don't always need things to elevate the energy of our space. Your joy elevates it. Your power elevates it. You having a good day elevates it. I just... I don't ever want someone to continue to equate feng shui means I must buy things. My clients end up spending next to nothing. They don't have to paint. They don't have to knock down walls in order to get this amazing juju, this amazing abundance in their lives. We need to come into deeper awareness that us ourselves are the greatest tool we have on this planet to manifest our changes, our desires, our dreams, and heal ourselves. Wow, Stacey, you just blew my mind with that. <laughs> uh, um, I guess it's kind of part of like um, the limited beliefs, right? We always need something for things to be right um, because we're we're taught that way. We're taught society in society we need something like a tool necessary to um, make things functional, right? Um, but your explanation to to it um, it makes so much sense. Like, no, of course. Because for the longest time, feng shui has been equated to wealth. It has been equated to having the huge, fancy, trendy, ultra minimalist gray and white home. And that I am on such a mission to break that because it's not true. Some of the most beautifully feng shui homes I have ever been in are some of the homes that you would least expect. I was also an occupational therapist. I have a doctorate in OT, which is why the psychology and the mental health gets brought in. It's part of my history and my upbringing. I can tell you, 
I live in the Washington DC area. This area is incredibly unequal. We have multi-million dollar wealthy homes. And then we have areas that have been chronically and systematically for decades overlooked. And I can tell you the best feng shui homes I've ever been in is are not those multi-million dollar homes. So that taught me a very valuable lesson to no longer equate feng shui with wealth. It no longer seduces me. So I no longer want anybody to believe that they are not worthy this very moment. They do not need another crystal. They're allowed to have them, but you don't need it in order to thrive and to use feng shui to your benefit. I think that's powerful because when we are at our lowest, right, we're always seeking for something, something tangible. Um, when And when we're at our lowest, most of the time, it's about money. It's about the, like, I at least I feel like you could go through a lot of things, right? You could go through a lot of emotional things, uh, physical things. But when money is scarce, when you don't have money, it's so much more harder for you to keep going. Why? Because that's that's our, our lifehood, right? Like that you have to have money to survive. You have to have money to buy your groceries, to buy your shelter. Like if there's no money, there's not a lot, right? Um, and I think that what you mentioned is so powerful because you don't have to go out there and waste the little that you do have to make it functional. Or like, um, especially like right now in, in spirituality, you know, you see a lot of people with like um, doing money spells or doing like um, cleanings and doing this, all these elaborate things that require you to have all these elaborate tools or elaborate ingredients and stuff like that. I always try to incorporate my own experience into things. And looking back, even just like moving certain furniture actually kind of helped. It is a mindset shift. Absolutely. So what you said was so powerful to me right now. Like, wait, she's right. She's absolutely right. There's nothing that that you should be adding. Um, obviously, like, it's always great, but it's not necessary. And it's just learning, like, the energies of your home. Energies of your home and your energies of you. Absolutely. And what I love to tell my clients is I want to put myself out of a job. Because I want everyone to cultivate, I call it a space IQ, but I want you to be able to cultivate an intuition when it comes to your home so that you have deeper understanding of when your behavior changes, what you need to do in your space. If you start to feel stuck and stale or stagnant, what you need to do in your home to fix that, that if that you know, that crack in the bathroom keeps nudging at you. I want you to understand why and why that crack fixing it will maybe change your life. And I need you to deeper understand the things that you resist in your home are going to be the things that are going to have the most major impact for you. So this isn't always about buying more crystals. Again, you're allowed to have them. Crystals just keep coming to my mind. But I find with all of my clients, it's that one thing you most resist in your home is going to be that one thing that is going to move the needle for you to get you closer to your hopes, dreams, and goals so much faster than me telling you, I need you to buy purple things or I need you to buy red things. So this is the part that I help clients cultivate this kind of intuitive muscle that's different than the way intuition really gets talked about in the spiritual space. And the more you cultivate that, the less you need me because you have the power now. I would love nothing more than to put myself out of business. So that's how you know you did your job right, right? When there's no more work to do. 
I really love that because it, you're also incorporating like healing, right? You're incorporating the psychology behind everything else. So not only are you going to learn how to feng shui and how to work with those energies, but also heal within. Like that's that to me sounds like more like feng shui therapy. Like here you go. Um, we're going to do therapy. You're going to heal and then you're going to go into um, working, working with the energies, like incorporating um, all of that together. So... What is the best way that people can start feng shui in their homes? Mm, I love this question. So I always like to give a bit of a of a challenge or something to do. Because again, we don't have to go out and buy things. I challenge you to begin to cultivate your space IQ, your own intuition when it comes to your home. Why this is so challenging is because home, we see it every day. We start to overlook the pile of clothes in the corner. We start to overlook the crack in the bathroom. We start to overlook these things and they don't really leave us, but they just kind of continue to, you know, live in the back of our brains, kind of taking up energetic space in our bodies, just as much as they're taking up energetic space in their home, in your home. So here's the exercise. I want you to leave your home, completely leave it, go somewhere, Come back, and when you re-enter your home, I want you to go very slowly and try and see it with new eyes. Walk in, what is the first thing you see? What does it smell like? How does it feel to you? What are you noticing? Start to see how you move through your home. Do you immediately go right, left, forward? Because the more you slow down and cultivate an awareness, the more you're gonna start to recognize, wow, has that picture been crooked? How long has that picture been crooked? Oh my God, I haven't put the laundry away in a month. Or wow, when did a crack get in the wall? We just so overlook these things. And these are space nudges. These are divine downloads. They're coming from source, God, universe, spirit, whatever word is comfortable to you. That's being channeled through your space. That's asking you to pay attention to something. But of course, we're so busy, we're so disassociated, we live so much in our heads, I'm super guilty of this, that we have to learn to slow down just a teeny tiny bit to let what is actually happening in our homes in real time, in the power of the moment of now, and really start to see it. Awesome. Almost like a, a guided meditation into your space. <laughs> totally, an awake one. So there, there was a, a video that I recently saw on your page where it was like, okay, cleanliness is nice. Cleanliness is like essential to the feng shui and for energy to flow. Um, but a house that is too clean is also a red flag, correct? Yes. Yes and no. So let me, let me explain. So in our country, we certainly equate, equate cleanliness with worthiness. Nobody wants to live in an unclean, you know, I'll even go so far as to say dirty home, right? We all love a beautiful, clean, fresh space. The sticky part is a lot of us have trouble getting there. And that, I talk a lot on my page about the trauma around decluttering, because difficulty decluttering to me is a trauma response. It does not mean you're lazy. It does not mean you're unorganized. But I wanna touch on the other end of the spectrum because this never gets talked about that especially as a trauma survivor, we can cultivate a bit of an OCD when it comes to our home, especially if you grew up with a narcissistic parent. Now this can certainly go both ways because behavior is a spectrum, not a hierarchy. 
so when we start to kind of have a space that has to be clean or we can't rest, we can't go and hang out with our children or our loved ones because the dishes have to get clean and it bothers your body, you feel some sort of trauma response in the body, that if XYZ isn't done perfectly, correctly, and to your standards, you can't relax. That to me is starting to sound like we need to look at this, that cleaning should never be more important than you taking care of yourself, than you hanging out with your family, than you getting on the ground and playing with your child. Like, I know that this is important. A clean home feels amazing. I wish I could bottle that. I'd retire early. But also, I need us to understand how in our society, it's gotten a little, it's ran off the rails a bit because we so overly equate cleanliness with worthiness and cleanliness with wealth that we feel very ashamed, either if we don't have it or we feel an immense anxiety to maintain it. So the, I can't sit here and for certain and say, you know, if you have a clean home, that's a red flag. I, certainly I'm not saying that. I'm saying you need to sit with yourself. And if relaxation for you only comes after everything is perfectly perfect, I need you just to sit with that and see if it's telling you something more there. Thank you for the clarification. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, I could definitely see that, especially when it is shameful to have a messy house, you know, like you not feel comfortable having a messy house. Why? Because you feel shame. You feel like it's what if someone walks in and they see the mess kind of thing. So definitely I could see that. Um, Stacey, is there anything else you would like to mention? Yes, because I think you just, you hit on the golden word for me, which is shame. And I want everybody listening to know that they are perfect. Their home is perfect as it is right now with the dishes in the sink and the kids' toys and the piles of clutter and whatever it is. Your home is perfect. You are perfect. You are not lazy. You are not unorganized. It's nothing that your brain or popular society is telling you. And the more we start to dismantle the shame that we feel around how home looks, how home functions, you know, the size of our home, whether we're a renter or an owner, the less shame you're going to feel in your body. Because if you feel ashamed about home, you are feeling that shame in your body. That's not helpful for healing. So I want you all to know you are perfect. You are already whole, regardless of what home looks like in this very moment. And as we know, as we spoke um, on this subject several times on this podcast, the body feels and then it manifests illness. So we don't want that. Stacey, how can our followers find you? Uh, so the best way to find me is on either TikTok or Instagram. My handles are the same. It is Sanctuary with Stacy. Stacy is S-T-A-C-Y. Or you can find me on my website at sanctuaryfengshui.com. Feng Shui is F-E-N-G-S-H-U-I. And I offer both two-hour Feng Shui consults that are aimed at inner child healing and three-month coaching journeys to help people really declutter their home with joy and peace and love and unpack anything that's happening in their lives but we do it through the home wow with joy 
I, I haven't heard that. I haven't heard the whole <laughs> declutter with joy. Um, oh, it's possible. My clients, after three months with me, it is so possible. They are throwing stuff out and it feels good to them. I, I feel like um, declutter is a trigger word for me because then I think all the things that I have to do to declutter. <laughs> so the fact that you, you just incorporate that into that makes you feel so much better about it so i want to thank you so much for joining us um, bringing your awareness um, helping us heal uh, helping us incorporate more practices into our spirituality and just incorporating things that can make us grow heal and grow right heal and grow um we do not want to run you out of business that's not our goal you know i think um in different phases of our lives we're gonna always need to readjust once again so it's like i don't i don't think you will ever go out of business because we have to readjust every single step of the way right um and and then trauma has a way of hitting us left and right like it doesn't stop um we have to be healing from many different sources and many different stages of our lives so I want to thank you so much for for taking the time to join us on an episode. Um, hopefully, we could get you back on for different sessions and different topics. And yeah, thank you so much, Stacey. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. Share this episode with someone who's on their spiritual journey. And make sure you're following me on all social media platforms. The link to those platforms are in the description. Make sure you guys are following those. Reach out to me if you guys have any questions or concerns or would just like to make a comment on the current episode. Thank you guys so much once more and I hope you guys have a great one.